Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Monax. We've been away for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was a crazy time at the office for me, but things have slowed down, and I'm able to get back into the podcast grind, and I'm going to put out a couple of different episodes this week in honor of the merciful end to the season for the Memphis Grizzlies and my guest on this episode of the podcast very familiar voice around grizzlybearblues.com and uh and if you're familiar with the memphis grizzlies podcast scene you're familiar with this guy but i'll bring him on here momentarily to talk about these last couple of games for the grizzlies and what fans should be looking for ways to get in touch with the podcast you can follow us on twitter at gbb live again once again at gbb live you can follow me on twitter at joe mullinax and of course i am the site manager of SB Nation's grizzlybearblues.com. You can follow our blog over at SBN Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies finish up their season trying to still convey this pick. They are seventh as of this recording, and obviously games being played as we record here on a Tuesday night, or excuse me, Monday night. Um, looking ahead to Tuesday and Wednesday night, obviously the national championship being played right now, so that means nobody is... Con- currently playing in the nba but everybody ends with a back-to-back which doesn't make a ton of sense so we'll, we'll kind of see how things play out uh these last couple of games memphis might even be in a tiebreaker that won't be determined except by a coin flip just really kind of fascinating how this could all play out for a team that has pre- had one of the weirdest seasons of all time even after last year this season just feels really strange and to give us some more perspective on that again He's a friend of Grizzly Bear Blues because he is one of us. He is the associate editor over at grizzlybearblues.com, essentially my right-hand man. He also is the host of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. You can find find him on Twitter at King underscore producer. His name is Mark King. Mr. King, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Thanks Thanks for having me. Speaking of strange, I mean, not only this season strange, but the games lately have been just so... Just weird, you know. Just super weird. Things happening. Yeah. I mean, beware, beware the stats of spring, right? Obviously, not quite March anymore. But uh, Delon writes a great example of that. Back to back triple doubles. Justin Holiday, I think, dropped thirty points recently. So you definitely have some interesting, uh, some interesting performances to kind of look at. And I guess we can start with that, Mark, as we look at the current state of the Memphis Grizzlies. When you have eight rotation players out, and that's not an over-exaggeration, literally eight guys not playing who would normally be playing, you're going to have some randomness. You're going to have some some strange production from a variety of different types of players. Uh, you obviously cover the games for us over at grizzlybearblues.com. I'm kind of curious. What has been your takeaway as you go and attend these games in person when they play at FedEx Forum? watching on the road obviously on your podcast having folks on and and talking through things on the locked on network what do you kind of take away from the last couple of weeks of grizzlies basketball mike conley's only played in a handful of games memphis is really kind of limping to the finish in a season where they said after the trade deadline their goal was to convey do you think the valanchunas injury kind of changed their course do you think they don't see the value in playing uh mike conley if valanchunas can't play what exactly has changed for Memphis since that fame or infamous now uh, press availability with Chris Wallace, the general manager of the Memphis Grizzlies, to have us where we are counting on Bruno Caboclo 
and Tyler Dorsey to help Memphis kind of set the tone for the next several years of their organization in terms of conveying this draft pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Grizzlies, they they have said all along that they have uh, wanted to convey this pick. That has been their goal. But um, I, I think they're just they're, – they, they are – the sense around the team that I get is they're, they're happy with where they are at, uh, no matter the outcome. Um, I don't know if the Jonas Valanciunas had, had much – impact on it one way or the other i mean obviously it definitely changes the course because of the uh wins and losses but i'm not sure that it changed the way they they viewed it and just kind of the prism they viewed it and i think that they always thought that they the ideal goal situation is to convey this pick they also um are kind of i guess agnostic on the fact that it, it could go in one way or the other and they don't really have a whole lot of control on some of those things i mean if you just look at the fact that if they really wanted to convey wouldn't they wouldn't they be playing mike conley like in that, you know, unless Mike Conley is just seriously hurt, but I don't think he is. Like, I think they just just want don't want to play Mike Conley. The fact that they don't want to, him to hurt himself, and the fact that they might have to have trade him this offseason. So, you know, if they really, really wanted to convey this pick and they really, really wanted to get wins, he'd be out there playing last night against the Dallas Mavericks and not uh, not Tyler Dorsey and Delon Wright. So, um, I, the sense I get is the fact is that they're just they they want to convey this pick, but they are just kind of. Um, they're they're okay with with how things shake out uh, in the end, uh, especially how the season has developed the past few weeks. So many mixed signals, you know. So many mixed signals. You say you want to convey, <laughs> yeah. but like you said, Mike Conley not playing. You look at a team that could use as much offensive firepower as it could possibly get, and as much veteran leadership as it could possibly get, and yet you know Avery Bradley's been out for multiple weeks now. With, with essentially a shin bruise or a, a contusion. You know, there's so much kind of uh, behind-the-scenes stuff happening here. And it leads me to believe, Mark, that they are leaning towards making some sort of change because if you are going to not convey, and it's definitely possible. I mean, essentially, at this point, it's a 50-50 shot. You know, I still hope they convey the pick. That's been my hope for them since... Uh, this whole season began, even before all the trades and all the craziness. I just wanted them to send the pick to Boston this year. So it's still possible that they do that. But at the same time, it's just as likely that they're picking sixth or seventh or even eighth, God forbid, in this draft. And as you look at the organization, and as you mentioned, Mike Conley clearly could play. He's just not. Right. T- to yeah. me, that that strikes me as it's Robert Para keeping his options open because if Mike Conley gets injured, if Mike Conley goes down, you're screwed because there goes your trade asset, right? There goes the guy that you could say Valanchunas opts out, say you, you know, you have nothing else really in terms of value to try to get this rebuild going with Jaron Jackson jr. And you can argue all you want that they're rebuilding currently, but if they're rebuilding currently, they're doing a pretty crappy job of it. I, I mean, if you're getting really psyched up and, and psyched or butt psyched as uh, as some famous radio folks up here in the D.C. area, the sports junkies say, if you're getting excited for DeLon Wright putting up empty stats in the spring, and that's the reason that you think this team's going to be in the mix to be a playoff team in the Western Conference next year, I have a great bridge that I can sell you. Uh, I can't wait to to put the uh, for you to put the down payment on this bridge so I can push you over it uh, with your gullible <laughs> nature. It just doesn't necessarily add up to me that they are conv- uh, committed 
to Chris Wallace. Just because he's going to be at the press availability on Thursday doesn't mean that this is a guy that's in their long-term plans. He could just close out the season and then be fired on Friday. Uh, I'm pretty much convinced there's going to be some sort of ch- some sort of change at this stage. You're around the day-to-day operations of the team more than me, Mark. Do you agree or do you see them kind of running this thing back? And if they are running it back, what difference would it make to keep Conley or keep him not playing, I mean? Yeah, I mean, yes, Chris Wallace is going to be at the press availability on Thursday. Uh, players are going to have their exit interviews, and they'll come out, and, and then uh, Chris Wallace will be made available as well. I mean, yes, and in, in a sense, it is it is odd that he is going to, make, to be made available. If you were going to move on without Chris Wallace, why would you let Chris Wallace speak for the team at the end of the year? But – at the same time, on the you know the flip side of that is uh, why rock the boat? And because if you if you let Chris Wallace go, somebody's just going to have to go out there and talk. Well, I say that they they typically don't even do that, but somebody's going to have to go out there and talk. And I don't think Robert Perez is ready to do that. Uh, Robert Perez is a very calculated person. He doesn't just do things randomly. Uh, he's very he's very calculated and he does things in a very specific nature. So um, you know, uh, yes, Chris Wallace. He's going to speak for the team, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not that he's going to be sticking around for the long term. Um, obviously, I, I fully expect there to be some change in the front office, whether that's Chris Wallace or that there's you know four or five of those guys in the front office, whether it's John Hollinger. I fully expect there to be a change in the front office. I I think that there should be a change in the lead executive role, the GM role. Um, and I think that that person should be given the ultimate power to to run this basketball team. And and that is something that whether Chris Wallace for for good or bad has never done that. I don't know if he's if he's if, from our point of view. I don't know if he's never been given the ability. Like you know he has some type of checks and balance with Robert Perry. It doesn't seem like it. But it seems like Chris Wallace is very much a group think type of guy. And he says that all the time that you know everybody makes all the decisions. And but at the same time that's just. He says these type of things for the fallback. So when there something goes wrong, or there's, there's a problem, you know, he can point to the fact that we all make these decisions together. And unfortunately, no, no one, nobody's ever said, "Look at how many. Look, it's awesome to have five CEOs. The company runs great." That doesn't. It's not how it works. That's not how businesses run. Um, if in any nature, basketball or not. So uh, there does need to be a, a, a basketball-oriented GM that, for the good or bad is the one that's taking the blame or taking the, uh, the, the applause for the moves that they have made and they're continuing to make throughout the year. Um, I, I think there should be a change now. I say that I don't – it would not shock me if Chris Wallace is back next year. It would not shock me if for some reason they think that they can uh, just run it back because there's been so many decisions, not just this year, but over the course of several years that are just head scratchers. I mean, little decisions here and there. Um, that you really can't find any type of reasoning to do these type of things, or they they put themselves in bad positions early on and they have to get out of them or bad drafting. There's just been so many issues, and at some point, you know, you just have to you have to move on and you have to uh, part ways. I mean, Chris Wallace has done good things with this franchise. It's not like that hasn't happened. Um, for me, I think they're they're farther in between than most people, but he has done good things with this franchise. But it, at any point, there comes an end to a time, and yes, I. I expect there to be some type of change in their front office. I don't know what it's going to be, uh, but I do think there should be a front office uh, GM top of the chain, you know, top of the food chain 
change as well so that there can be a just a a guy going forward that is responsible um or, or girl i don't know a person responsible going forward that is the end-all be-all that is the person in charge yes they can get opinions and have their advisors and and get everybody's thoughts on all the decisions but at the end of the day if there's one person that is responsible for making those decisions and i don't think that's the issue right i don't think that's the case right now i don't think that's how they operate unfortunately i think that's the wrong way to operate ernie grunfeld getting fired by the washington wizards gives me hope it does give me hope because here's a guy that for 16 years was a part of that organization and he ran them into the ground. He had like a 43% win percentage over 16 years. And Ted Leonsis, the owner of the wizards. Now he didn't get much more loyal than him. He held on to Grunfeld at throughout multiple periods where everybody was calling for his head. If he can get fed up, if he can recognize it's time for a change, then I think uh, Robert Parra can as well. Uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably wishful thinking that there's a complete overhaul, but I'd be stunned if there wasn't at least some sort of change. It just feels like it's time. Uh, we're talking with King Producer, at King underscore Producer on Twitter, Mr. Mark King. He's the associate editor over at grizzlybearblues.com. He also is the host of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. Again, follow him on Twitter at King underscore producer. It's not all negativity here, Mark. I do think it's important to point out that there have been some bright spots in an otherwise pretty dreary and dull season. And two of them got acknowledged by uh, one of the great NBA writers, Zach Lowe. Every year he comes out with a uh, an all-star list of key role players throughout the NBA And the Grizzlies are lucky enough, in air quotes, to have two representatives on the quote-unquote team this year. Uh, And their names are Joe Kim Noah and Bruno Caboclo. Now, these are two players that, when the season began, nobody was like, oh, yep, they're going to be key Memphis Grizzlies because they were not on the (laughs) roster. They were not even on the radar of the Memphis Grizzlies, at least not right away. Obviously, Noah, uh, relatively early in the season comparatively speaking, uh, was in that mix much more sooner or much sooner, I should say, than Bruno. Uh, But both of them are acknowledged for their development, the way that they've played, uh, their embracing of their role in Memphis. And that led to my question of the day. Anytime that we're recording a podcast, I do a question of the day over at GBB Live. And thanks to the over 260 folks who voted, The question in the poll for this episode was, if you could only choose one player for Memphis to retain next season, who would it be? Bruno Caboclo, whose deal is largely presumed to be non-guaranteed, much like Marshawn Brooks's was. So Bruno should be back, but it's not like it's a lock that he sticks around the whole season. And then Joe Kim Noah, of course, will be an unrestricted free agent coming off of the veterans minimum deal, surely to have uh, his pick of at least a couple of playoff contenders that, that'll be interested in his services, considering how well he's played. Uh, I was kind of surprised it was a runaway the way that it was. I think the fans voted properly. 66% of the vote went to Bruno Caboclo uh, instead of Joe Kim Noah. Lots of people replied to this and argued that Noah's energy, Noah's leadership, his veteran presence, all would have value on a Grizzlies team that figures to continue to trend younger instead of older as this quote-unquote rebuild continues. Uh, But Bruno was the runaway winner, and I think because of his length, because of his size, his raw physical ability, 
and the growth that he's shown in such a short amount of time, it's a little bit nerve wracking now that Jerry Stackhouse is moving on to Vanderbilt and he has that connection with Bruno. Probably a large reason that Bruno is in Memphis is Stackhouse. The fact that he's moving to Vanderbilt is a little bit concerning, but I think Bruno has shown that he's an NBA player and just by his youth and his physical tools, he seems like the guy, if Memphis had to pick between these two role player all-stars, he'd be the one to stick with uh, moving forward. Do you agree with that or do you, were you, have you been that impressed with Joe Kim Noah and what he's done for the Grizzlies that he, you would choose him over Bruno? No, no. I mean, I, I think Bruno is the obvious choice there. I mean, I, you know, I was never a big fan of the of the of the Noah signing. I thought it was a, a weird spot. Um, I was always of the mind that uh, you know there's some guys coming up on this roster, some younger guys that you have to make decisions on soon. And if you're already in a law season, you should be playing Ivan Rab every single one of those minutes to make it to make a determination of what you think of Ivan Rab in the off season. So, um, but because they do have to make a determination on on Ivan Rab, he has a, he has a team option. So. Uh, that's something they have to make a decision on, and 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 we'll see. They'll probably obviously assume uh, keep him, but um, but yeah, the, you know the obvious answer to that choice I think is Bruno. Bruno's younger. Um, he, he's got a lot more uh, upside than, than Joakim Noah is. You know, you know what Noah's going to be, um, and, and that's the, not to not to take away from from what Noah's done all year. He's been he's been uh, he impressed me uh, again. I wasn't a fan of the signing, and he got me on board uh, later in the year. He's put himself into a a, a backup role on a good team on a playoff contender um so he'll he will get money from someone to to come in and play a role on a good team and and, and kudos to him and and hopefully he moves on to, to a much better team in a much better situation than than the Grizzlies are going to be next year because the Grizzlies are probably not going to be very good again and that's where Bruno uh comes back in next year and hopefully you see what you get with him hopefully he continues to play hopefully he continues to develop and and if he doesn't you know it's a largely a non-guaranteed contract and you can get you can get out of it pretty easily if he doesn't, and, and you move on. And so, you know, yeah, Bruno is the, is the obvious choice there. And just hopefully you you, you pick a gym up and, and, you know, someone like Jamaka Green who you picked up and, and ended up being a player for several years. And, uh, you know, some people liked him, some people didn't like him, but he was still a role player for several years. Um, and hopefully that's what Bruno can be. And he's also a little bit younger uh, than everybody else and has, you know, hopefully a lot more upside than Noah does, and, and again, you know what Noah's going to be, but you, you kind of have an idea of what Bruno's going to be, but you still have a lot more upside there. A lot more upside for sure, and Memphis needs as much upside as they can possibly get moving forward. We're finishing up here with Mark King, wonderful associate producer, like I said, my right-hand man over at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you're following him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at King underscore producer. He's also the amazing host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Make sure you're subscribing at all the places you can get podcasts to Locked On Grizzlies. If you like GBB Live, you're definitely going to like Locked On, and Mark does an awesome job with that particular show. Uh, We'll get you out of here on this, Mark. Again, Memphis finishing up their season these next two games. Tuesday night, they're in Detroit taking on a Pistons team that is desperate for a win, trying to clinch and cinch and uh, lock up a playoff spot in the very weak bottom half of the Eastern Conference, and then the final game of the season for Memphis against the Golden State Warriors. It's already been announced by Steve Kerr that four of the top eight players for the Warriors, he wouldn't say who, but four of the top eight Warriors players will be rested against the Grizzlies. Obviously, we'll find out, the you know, he said four are going to rest against the Pelicans on Tuesday night, and then four are going to rest in Memphis in that season finale for the Grizzlies. 
So we'll find out which four it is when he announces who is inactive uh, against the Pelicans on Tuesday. Memphis obviously needs at least one of these games to have a chance to convey. If they win both, I think they do it. But there's no reason necessarily beyond blind hope and faith to think that they're going to win both of these games. Uh, The Warriors game feels more realistic because of the fact that Golden State's just kind of coasting to the finish line. The Pistons one is the big one because they're fighting for their playoff lives. They have even more of a reason to compete at a high level than the Grizzlies do. How do you see these last two games playing out for J.B. Bickerstaff and his crew? Do you think they get a split and they you know, hold on to hope of the convey at least until the end of games on Wednesday? Do you think they lose both games and we're, we're sweating it out looking at a draft pick this year? How do you see these last two shaking out for the Grizzlies? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably go one and one. I mean, I don't think there's really any way you uh, you go two and zero. Oh, I, I would just uh, it would shock me if they did that. Uh, you know, even if even if they do go two and zero, oh, they still need help from from other teams. They need the, the Pelicans to to lose. They need the Wizards to lose. So, um, you know, at this point, I don't think it matters. You know, I don't think it matters anymore where you kind of end up. I think that um, I, I'm I'm kind of just you know I'm, I've, I've talked about it so much that it's it's hard to continue to, to talk about the same thing over and over, but I don't think it matters anymore. I think you kind of, you, you play what you can play. I mean, you're rolling out a roster of basically G league guys at this point. Um, because even if you, again, even if you win two games, you still have to have help from, from other teams. And so it's, it's a lot going on, a lot in the mix, just to, just to even get to where you want to be um, in the Grizzlies, you know, they put themselves in this position, obviously, uh, but they're still, you know, I think I think you just play and hope for the best. And if if you, I think they'll probably go one and one. Um, and there's a good chance they don't win either, though. There's a good chance that that it comes out and Detroit comes out and 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 they play really well because they're out except fighting for a playoff spot. There's a good chance that the Grizzlies just don't show up on Wednesday either. So uh, because whoever, depending on who sits for the Warriors, you could have Kevin Durant and Steph Curry still playing on Wednesday and still have a very tough time beating the Warriors on Wednesday as well. So. Um, I think they probably go one and one. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but secretly, it wouldn't shock me if they lose either game or lose I'm both gonna, games. Excuse me. I am going to, and you know, I hope people can listen to this, and and maybe somebody far more tech savvy than me can put the Titanic music behind me with Celine Dion singing <laughs> and and all that. I'm going down with the ship. Okay, I went down with the Jeff Green ship. I'm going down with the convey ship as well. I am going to be bold here, Mark. And and as I mentioned a moment ago, this is just blind faith. There's no logical reason behind this prediction. They're going to win both games. They are going to win both games. They're going to beat the Pistons. They're going to beat the Warriors. And they're going to convey this pick. You know why? Because I like being right. And every once in a while, I get to be right. DeLon Wright, I was accurate. I was right. I nailed that one. And I'm hopeful that they will find success in this season and convey this pick. And the ultimate irony in all of that, and one of the reasons I kind of like that this would be the way that it would happen, is through blind and dumb luck, they would convey this pick with a bunch of G League players. And hopefully, by the grace of God, Robert Perra says, blow it up. Get rid of Chris Wallace and almost that entire front office. Move on from J.B. Bickerstaff. Bring in a new coaching staff. 
trade Mike Conley, not because you hate Mike Conley, not because you think he's a bad basketball player, but damn it, because you're going to stop pretending that you are a team that is a player or two away. That is what yeah. I want from the Grizzlies this offseason. Stop pretending that you are a playoff contender. You're not. If everybody comes back on this team, even if you bring back Joe Kim Noah, even if you bring back every single possible free agent and this team runs it back, they will be picked to finish 14th in the Western Conference. Right. Yep. They will be picked to finish almost dead last in the National Basketball Association because Mike Conley being your best player on your team is not a viable contender for a playoff spot, much less an NBA championship. So I, I'm very yep. hopeful. And again, this is blind hope. that This is not inside information. <laughs> this is not anything beyond me following this team as long as I have now looking at them and saying they're going to convey this pick because it's the opportunity they need. It's the opening. They no longer owe anything to anybody. They can start taking advantage of being bad, not purposely being bad, not going out there and losing by 40 on purpose, but they'll be young. Right. Hopefully they'll hire a young head coach who will grow along with the team and they will develop and find something organic, not like grit and grind because that was special. That will never be recreated but they will find their own identity. You know, whether it's a, a variation of the litness of Jaron Jackson Jr., whether it's just continuing to build off of the hardworking mentality of the city of Memphis itself in a new, unique way with younger players. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it over the span of time because that's what it's going to take to build another consistent contender for playoff success and postseason runs in Memphis. It's not going to be through unrestricted free agency. It's not going to be any quick fixes. No more quick fixes. I'm done with it. I'm ready to hunker in, entrench myself in a young team, and this is their chance to have the opening to get to that point. So that is why, again, no inside sources, no knowledge of Blake Griffin's injury on Tuesday night, nothing like that. This is my desperate plea. Convey the pick. Get it done. And Robert Perry, if you're somehow listening to this podcast, do what needs to be done to get this organization on the right track. That's where I'm at. And like I said, Mark, you're exactly right. They're probably going to go one and one. Hell, they could go 0 and 2. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to continue to hope for 2 and 0 because I believe that they are going to see that as an opportunity to move on and fully embrace what it's going to take to get back to what they were just a couple of years ago. No, I think you're completely right. I mean, they they the only way to make this the only way this team is going to come out on the other side is to is to get younger, and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And that that's just how any you know it's 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 a transitional nature of any NBA team. It is what happens, uh, except for the Spurs, but it is what happens to every NBA team over the course of time. You just go through these periods where you have to get younger and you have to uh, get better and you have to go through this period where you lose a lot, but you you get high draft picks and you get younger players and you, um, and you become a better team. And so uh, it will happen. Um, and hopefully they were able to, to, like you said, blow this thing up and, and they're going to be able to go that route because that's the only way it's going to, that's the only way it's going to get better. There's no way that you're going to somehow keep Mike Conley and Jaron and just piecemeal the thing together. It's just, there's not enough money. There's not enough 
uh, you know, even good free agent free agents available. Something I, Keith Parrish and I were talking about uh, from Fast Break. Uh, we're talking about last night at the game. Uh, what, what, who are the big free agents are going to give money to this year? There aren't any. There aren't any like go, a solid lights out shooters that aren't on a player option this year. Malcolm uh, Brogdon maybe, is maybe, their best realistic option if they somehow manage an angle money. And that's not player. the answer. He's not the answer. No, he's not. But I'm saying like. He don't have they don't have the money for that. They they don't right. have the, the the tools to to make that happen. And so right. you're what I'm saying is the only way out of this is to get worse before it gets better. And then in 2020, in a couple of years, where all this money comes off the books and and you have some more open space and maybe you can max out a few guys. Maybe you have a you know a few draft picks in there. You've taken a few guys on mid level exceptions that are younger. Uh, you throw somebody at some restricted free agents, those type of things. That's how you get better in a small market, um, and it and it happens through mainly through the draft and mainly through through trades. And so hopefully they're able to get something from Mike Conley and and move on this year. And it takes time. Grizzlies takes fans time. are not stupid. Absolutely. Come out and have a vision, and they'll get behind it. But you have to have a vision. Right now, there's no vision that's been talked about here, there, and everywhere. It remains true, and it will stay true as long as the current structure is in place. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Hopefully, the insanity will soon be coming to an end. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. It is much appreciated. Make sure you're following Mark at King underscore producer. Does a great job on Lockdown Grizzlies. And, of course, he is a wonderful part of our staff over at grizzlybearblues.com. Thank you again, Mark. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I want to say thank you to Mark King for joining me. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Really is a terrific show. If you like this one, you'll definitely like that one. I want to thank Mark for taking his time to talk about the current direction of the Grizzlies in these last couple of games. Thanks to you for listening. Again, I can't stress enough. We would not be able to do what we do without your uh, participation in our site and our content so thank you so much for making us a small part of your memphis grizzlies experience we will be back later this week with another podcast kind of wrapping up the season looking ahead to the draft these next couple of weeks and a crazy offseason what's sure to shape up to be an unpredictable ride of an offseason for the memphis grizzlies so again for our guest mark king my name is joe mullinax site manager of grizzlybearblues.com and the host of this show grizzly bear blues live thanking you for tuning in grind forth grizz nation this is grizzly bear blues live